0: Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is the Scott Squad Podcast. On today's show, I'm joined by former Celtic manager Neil Lennon. We discuss Neil's first season in management, how he felt when he got the Celtic job on a full-time basis, winning his first league title as a manager, guiding Celtic to the quadruple treble, and what he would have done differently in his final season in charge at Celtic, all this and so much more. We start off the show by asking Neil if his ambition always was to be a manager after he'd retired as a player.
1: Um, obviously, I had a long, long time at Celtic where, you know, I worked under really good managers. Yeah, in fact, throughout my whole career, I worked under you know really good managers and Alexo Martin Neil and Gordon Strachan, Howard Candle. You know, so I learned a lot from them. I had good coaches when I was a young player and Tony Book and Glen Pardo. So a really good education. And then obviously being a captain, you know, I always felt had leadership qualities as a player. And then, you know, obviously did my coaching badges, you know, while I was still playing, did my B license, my A license. And then, obviously, the next step was to, um, you know, do the pro license. Um, I left Celtic, went to Nottingham Forest for a while, went to Wickham, and then I got called back by Gordon Strachan to ask, you know, would I take on a coaching role with the first team squad? And I was only too happy to do that. And again, that was a great learning curve for me. And then, you know, when Gordon left, uh, Tony came in and I took the development team, which, again, was a great learning experience for me, where you could, um, you know, try things, Scott, you know, which, you know, wouldn't be sort of detrimental to anyone. And, you know, you make notes of it, what worked, what didn't work. And obviously, my role was to try and bring players through to, you know, either train or make it into the first team squad as well. So, yeah, ultimately that led to me getting the job the first time.
0: So how did it feel when you were appointed as a Celtic manager on a full- time basis and how did it come about?
1: well when Tony left um I got asked to take charge of the team till the end of the season um we um won eight, eight out of eight you know beaten Rangers along the way but we did lose the semi-final. so that was a you know bit of a blow but um you know the the club felt there was enough there f- for them to you know trust me with the job and obviously it was a a massive privilege and a huge undertaking. You know, when I look back now, you know, you know, fourteen, fifteen years down the line, you know, you at the time you don't see it as such a big undertaking, but when you're thirty-eight and you know, in your first job, you're fearless, and obviously you want to do the job the right way, you know, get the right people around you, and then um, yeah, I, I I just saw it as a
0: great responsibility. And uh, your first season at Charles at Celtic, you just you just narrowly missed out in the league by a point. But you, you won your first major honour as a manager, beating Millwall in the
1: cup final. How do you look back in your first season as a manager? Yeah, a bit of sweet. You know, really disappointed to lose the league because at one stage we had it in our hands, and but um, well, we were playing. We played some great football throughout the season. I built a. We had to rebuild the team. Really, we lost David McGetty and uh, Arthur Boric and we had to sort of go down the road of developing a younger teams. The likes of Hooper came in. You know, Joe Ledley, Faisa Foster, um, Baron Kayal. Um, really good players uh, added to the players that we already had, like your Browns and your Forests. So we built a really good, young, dynamic team. Uh, yeah, it was a sore one to lose out on the last day of the season. But, you know, the the cup win was, I found that to be really important, you know, to get a trophy in the cabinet. And, you know, we beat Motherwell 3-0 on the day handled the occasion really well and we felt we had the nucleus of a good team going forward then. And then what managers would you say that you reached out to for a bit of advice
0: on certain things when you first started out in management?
1: Oh, loads, you know. uh, Obviously, you know, the two previous managers that I worked under, Martin and Gordon, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson was another, you know, sort of uh, focal point to to speak to. Um, Mark McGee, you know, people that, you know, who maybe weren't in the game at the time but, You know, had great experiences um, as managers over the years. So there's uh, a list that you sort of bounce your ideas off. But, you know, predominantly my sort of philosophy, if you want to call it that, was built around what I'd done under Martin and Gordon, really, for the 12, 13 years of my career as a player. And uh, your second season in charge, you secured the league title by 14 points. What was that feeling like? That was fantastic. It was just a huge uh, personal sort of, gratifying feeling Um, it was the first title in four years and we we did it with a bit of style beating Kilmarnock in emphatic fashion and um, just again you know as soon as you it's a funny thing Scott as soon as you win a a trophy you start looking to the next one you start thinking about building for the next season and you know where we can strengthen and where we can get better Um, but that initial title win is always very very special Like you know something that you know you can't ever replace you know that feeling and that's what you work for really you know people talk about money and you know the, you do get very well paid but you can't replace the feeling that you have inside of that sort of that glow you have in, the, in your body and what how many people you make so happy by achieving what you've achieved not just as a manager but the group of players that you've worked with and the people behind the scenes and the board level who were unbelievably supportive of me as well
0: and obviously, you've had some brilliant European success as a manager. And of course, I need to ask you how it felt when you defeated one of the greatest football sides in history, Barcelona. Um, what was the game plan going
1: into that game? Well, we played them two weeks before in the new Camp and we've come close to getting a point. You know, the players were on the floor at the end of it. They lost in the 93rd minute against, you know, an outstanding football team. You know, one of the best ever, if not the best scope side ever. So we used that as a motivation, you know, really. You know, we needed, um Coming to Celtic Park wouldn't be an easy prospect for anyone, no matter how good they were. And uh, we knew that, um, you know, we'd have to suffer in the game and they would dominate possession and, and chances. But obviously the idea was to limit them as much as we could and try and force them into wider areas, you know, where they couldn't, when they play through you centrally, they can cut you open very, very well. And, and the speed and accuracy and of the passing movement is just the best I've ever seen. So it was a formidable task, but, you know, we um, were a very talented goalkeeper, obviously, in Fraser Foster, and um, we had good legs in the team, you know, good athletes and Ledley and Kelvin Wilson and Rambrose at the back, you know, and um, Samaras, he was a great outball in, in European football for us, you know, he could get you up the pitch and, and take the sting out of things for a while. And then, um, obviously, we, we felt that a weakness had set players, so we, we worked on that, and It was nice to see, you know, one of them come off. It was really important to get the first goal as well, so it gives you something to hold on to. But, you know, the the second goal was a huge bonus, you know, and young Tony took it brilliantly. And, you know, to go 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go, you're thinking, you know, can we actually, you know, do this? Um, When Messi scored later on, you're thinking, oh, no, don't let them snatch it away from us now. And then the final whistle, it was just a great feeling. I don't, again, it's one of those, moments where you don't realise the magnitude of it until later on down the line, you know. Um but yeah, when I look back on it with immense, you know, pride and, you know, the preparation of gone into it and, and the players executing it as well. It's just fantastic.
0: And then Neil, you were known as one of the best ball winning midfielders in the Premier League. And Jose Mourinho singled you out as one of the most important players in the Celtic team that reached the UFA Cup final. See, when you were when you became manager, would you say you helped Scott Brown transition from
1: a box to box midfielder and more into a, a ball winning midfielder? Possibly. I mean, he was always a very good player, Scott. But you know, the older you, you get, you know, you, you I mean, Scott always had great cardiovascular, but the older you get a like Roy Keane, you know, you, you sort of tend to drop a little bit deeper because you can't continue to do the box to box runs that they do. And then um, Scott's a lot better footballer technically than people give him credit for. You know, so, especially in my first spell when I was talking about, you know, getting the job as interim manager, he was fantastic. And, um, again, his football intelligence started to shine through as he got older. You know, he matured more. He was able to read the game better. And a wonderful personality and um, a great role model for the rest of the group, Scott. You know, I can't tell you how good he was as a a captain and how well-respected he was. Not just because... Of what he did off the field, but his actions on the field as well. Yes, yeah, so I do, I feel like Scott Brown really started to come into his own when you did become manager. Oh well, that's nice, but I mean, he was a, we gave him his responsibility. You know, Tony had made him captain, and there was talk of like you know maybe we should take the captaincy off him, but that was never in my head. You know, I always like I, I always think the rascals eventually become really good leaders. You know, and um, Scott certainly proved to, to do that, and we give him more responsibility um on the field and and off the field and I mean he, he just matured into you know a really top class midfield player. He could have easily have played in the Premier League and you know some of his performances, you know, in the big games against Rangers and in Europe were, you know, formidable.
0: And then uh, your recruitment itself it was brilliant. You signed the likes of Virgil Van Dijk, Victor Wanyama, Fraser Foster. What was it like working with Virgil Van Dijk And did you always know that he was going to go to the top?
1: Oh yeah, I mean it was um from day one you could see that he was a very special talent. You know, he had everything you'd want in a, you know, modern day centre half. He was really quick. You know, he had gears, you know, he could have went through two or three gears. He glided across the pitch. He had great physical presence, you know, great timing in the air. And obviously technically, you know, fantastic ability. He was a brilliant reader of the game. He made the game look easy. Obviously it's not. So he had just a very special talent, you know, and um, yeah, we we had sort of Want to watch by saying in him, you know, he's probably the best player I've ever had. and you know, he's gone on to do things that I, I hoped he would do obviously, Champions League winner, Premier League winner. You know, he's a captain of Holland. Um, it's just one of the best centre halves in the world. So, yeah, it was a real privilege to work with him for it was only a year, but yeah, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And as for you know, the recruitment, you know, that was you know, John Park and his staff have to have a you know, big say and all of that, but um, you know, we. We recognized the type of player that we wanted in and um you know, once we got them in then it was important to develop them and what you have at Celtic, you know, you have to develop a winning mentality because there's no you know, draw's not even good enough, Scott. You know, you have to win and and then try and win well and that's I think that's a great learning curve for a lot of young players in the game. And I think most of them who came to Celtic really enjoyed the not only enjoyed the time but missed it when they left.
0: After leaving Celtic in 2014 to take a break away from management, Neil's next managerial job was at Bolton Wanderers. After spending two years there, he returned to Scottish football in 2016. You came back to Scotland and joined Hibs in the Championship, gaining promotion very comfortably and a fourth-place finish in the Premiership the following
1: season. How would you look back at your time at Hibs? Very fondly. I I loved it. Uh, We had the place rocking at times, you know, and um, we had some great results. You know, getting promotion. I, I came in at a good time, Scott, because, you know, they just won the cup. Uh, Alan Stubbs then went to Rottenham and um, I just felt it was a club with great potential. with Some really good players. Uh, but the, the objective, first of all, was to get them out of the championship, which they hadn't done for a few seasons. So we brought in a couple of players to bolster what we already had. And, um, yeah, we did that quite well. It wasn't easy, but in the end, it was comfortable. And then, uh, you know, I just felt we had the, the players that really perform at a higher level. Your McGinns, your McGeoch, you know, uh, we brought in, um, you know, Effie Ambrose, you know, with Lewis Stevenson, Paul Hanlon, you know, good players at that level. And we had a brilliant season the following year. You know, we nearly got 70 points. Um, you know, beat Celtic, beat Rangers, you know, twice at Abrox, um, finished fourth and almost could have finished maybe third or second. But it was a, it was a real joy. You know, we played some great football, scored a lot of goals. Um, and I look back on it very happy memories indeed.
0: Yeah, and the five five game against Rangers was absolutely incredible. Like, tell me what was like your range of emotions going through that game because i d I've never seen a game like that
1: ever. Well, we had to win we had to win six 0 you know. Um so we just sent the team out just to go it's the last game of the season, nothing to lose. Just go out and all all out attack, really. And uh we are 3 0 up after 25 minutes, and the, the place was just, you know, you can imagine the roof was coming off the place. I'd never seen Easter Road like it. And uh, then Steve Whitaker, the good, you know, great header saved to make it 4 0. And from that sort of corner, they counter attack and got back to 3 1. And that sort of popped the, the bubble a little bit for our players. And in the end, you know, Rangers played very well. We went 5 3 up, and then we showed a lot of character to come back and. Bring it to five, five, and just—I'd say—from a neutral and even from a, a hoops perspective, they absolutely loved it, and they talk about that game very fondly because just because it was such a great game to watch, and both teams really going for it.
0: And then your celebration at the end was quite iconic, so it was.
1: Yeah, I was getting a bit of bird from the Rangers fans, so we just thought of would a little bit back. And uh, just you're... a bit of fun.
0: Yeah. And then you returned to Celtic in 2019 after Brendan Le- Brendan Rogers left to join Leicester. What was that feeling like to come back to Celtic and obviously secure the treble?
1: That was fantastic, but it was, you know, in difficult circumstances because there was a lot of, you know, acrimony around, you know, with Brendan leaving. You know, they lost a, a great man He had done, you know, unforgettable things at the club. So that was big shoes to fill. Um, but I was really proud of the way we did it. Um, I mean, the treble-treble was just under the most difficult circumstances and pressure and, um, you know, scrutiny. So to come through that was a real test of character. And then, you know, we built, you know, we added to the players that we had. And, you know, the following season, we were flying, you know, until the, the lockdown came. You know, we beat Lazio home and away, uh, topped the group in Europe, you know, won the League Cup, uh, we were 13 points clear. You know we were rampant, and then the lockdown came, and that just sort of curtailed everything. Yeah, no, obviously you just mentioned that you won the
0: the league cup, and obviously, but you when you won the league cup, that was uh, the first time you got your hands on it as a manager. And even though it wasn't a great display, like from Celtic on the day, but I think that Celtic did see that performance. I think it showed, like that, like the fight and the winning mentality
1: that, like under your management. Yeah, we didn't play well. Yeah, you no, know, we you know we didn't. We did. We didn't get the grips for the uh, occasion. And you know, for every trophy that you were going for, Scott, you know, when people were thinking when's the run going to end, you know, when's the run? you know these players didn't want to give it up, and uh, they dug in deep, you know, down to ten men for thirty minutes as well, and uh, you know, another great performance from Foster, and um, we got scored a good goal, and we could add another one with Mikey Johnson, but... but about it that we weren't at a levels on the day, but just the mentality of the team was fantastic to see it through and. You know, get the hands on. For me, the the league cup was the only one I hadn't won, so that was pretty special. Like you know, and um, yeah, we you know we 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 had a brilliant campaign up until, you know, the lockdown came. Really, the only disappointment was losing to Copenhagen, and um, when we would you know done so well in the group stage, you know, we uh, let ourselves down a little bit at home to Copenhagen when we were, you know, definitely the better team over the two games, but just wasn't the beat. But we were finishing games in the league. You know, we were rampant, you know, winning four, fours, fives. We were in the semi-final of the cup. And then, unfortunately, you know, for everyone, not just in football, but the Saturday, you know, the pandemic came and, um, you know, football was stopped.
0: Yeah, and so obviously when the, when the pandemic came and the season finished early, how
1: did you feel when that happened? And do you think it was the right decision? I mean, um, obviously, there was football going on elsewhere, you know, around Europe. But it was either the government made the decision that we couldn't carry on. Obviously, everyone would have liked to have carried on and, and seen it through. But, but yeah, the, it was called, and there was a lot of acrimony about the way the league was called with teams getting relegated without, you know, playing out the full season. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any question we'd have gone on to win the title anyway with the way we were playing. But it was just um, out of our hands, you know. And um, I want to say it was disappointing. Yeah, it, it It was different, put it that way. You know, it's not the way you want to win the league, but um, you know, that's just the way things were were called at the time. And then you made history, Neil, the following season, securing a quadruple treble,
0: something that we'll probably never see again in our lifetime. Would you say that was your proudest achievement as a manager?
1: I think you know, winning the treble treble was really good. Like you know, the win the win a a treble on my own was, you know, was fantastic. You know, and I became. The first person as a player and a manager to win a treble, so you can imagine how difficult that is to do, you know. And um, it may never be seen again, Scott. You know, in terms of four trebles in a row, so it sort of got underpinned a little bit by everything that was going on with COVID uh, at the time. But it's an unbelievable achievement by the club and the players, and to play a part in that, you know, is something very special for me.
0: And uh, in your final season in charge at Celtic, Neil, how would you look back on it, and what would you have done differently?
1: It's a good question. Like it's very difficult to say. You know, maybe we were a little bit too stringent with the rules and the protocols. Um, it was very um a difficult time for everyone. You know some players, you know, were itching to go because they'd been there and done everything. It was difficult to keep them motivated at times and especially with no supporters in the stadium. I don't know what, what what you could change. You know, we tried to do everything by the book and, um, you know, we it, it seemed like every week or every month the rules were being sort of changed or the goalposts were being moved with the protocols. And um, a lot of players were away from home, away from their families and very disaffected. So it's difficult to say what you could have changed. That. I mean, maybe, you know, formation-wise, but in terms of personnel, we lost a lot to COVID that year. Were without either players getting it on, on international duty or just picking it up in in their everyday lives. A lot of them were sort of um, camped at home and the, the only time they got out was to go to the training ground. We were all in different dressing rooms. You know, it, it just um, didn't feel, it was something surreal because the one thing you're synonymous with Celtic is the support and to walk out into the stadium and it's, you know, totally empty was, you know, very demotivating for a lot of people. So overall, how would you
0: reflect on your time as Celtic manager? Eh, like looking back at your two spells there,
1: it's difficult for me to say. It's up to other people, Scott. Really, you know, I had a fantastic time, and it was a privilege. You know, and I've won trophies, and you know, made strides in Europe, and we brought some great players to the club and sold them on for a lot of money. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, overall, I think I did a pretty good job. But you know, I let other people decide on that. And then you made the switch from Scotland to Cyprus. Tell me how that move, that move came about and what made you want to go there? Well, it's just a different challenge, you know, and um, I got the call from Ammonia. Um, I did a bit of research on them, looked at some of their, their games and I felt that there's some decent players. Um, the remit to go in was, like the, you know, they were struggling in the league, but, you know, they were still in the cup and they wanted to go as far in the competition as they possibly could. So we, we worked away, you know, and... Um, we changed the way they played, started getting them playing, you know, faster tempo, a uh, bit more like what we did at Celtic and play the ball more vertically, trying to get forward passes quicker. And then um, the players responded to it brilliantly, you know, and um, you know, culminating in us winning the, uh, the cup, which was just fantastic feeling, like, you know, to go uh, into a different environment and a different country and win a major trophy. And then on top of that, you know, we played a, a qualification game against uh, Ghent Um, massive underdogs and you know we prevailed 4-0 over the two games and that was that was just as good as winning the cup you know because it gets you into the Europa League group stages and brings a a huge amount of money to the club and it culminated in getting Manchester United as well so it was almost like a Champions League group with Man United and Real Sociedad and we acquitted ourselves well we were minnows you know and we ran Man United very close and Sociedad very close so again a fantastic experience you know I met a lot of good friends out there. I met a lot of, of good people working with me, you know, and the, I enjoyed working with the players. And obviously, the climate was fantastic. Yes, what would you say you learned the most during your time in Cyprus? Just about different ways of playing, you know, come up against Slovakian coaches, Spanish coaches, Greek coaches, you know, different styles of play, um, different tactical lineups, different tactical formations. You know, it was really interesting uh, in the, in terms of the tempo of the games as well. You know, I I was surprised actually by the quality of the the teams and the supporters as well. You know, there's big crowds there as well, so there's a real passion there for football. But they're different, you know, and they, they do have a uh, they do like to change, chop and change managers, and they knew that there was a culture of that. So you know, it did like eight or nine months, and it was great success. And I look back on my time there very fondly. So, who would you say is the toughest manager you've came up against in your career? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Conte. Conte? At Juventus, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, exceptional team and exceptional... He brought back the three-five-two, 2 Scott. You know, he brought it back in vogue and a lot. Of... He did it. You know, it was unique at the time because it's gone out of vogue for a long time. We we actually played at Celtic on the Martin on Leicester. You know with 3-5-2 for 10 years almost and then it sort of 4-3-3 became a fashion, you know with Mourinho and you know with Guardiola. And Conte you know brought the 3-5-2 back and but he had a great side, you know with Pirlo and Benucci and Pogba, you know good strikers and Tevez and Matri and Vigenic and the the, the players you know, a real technical, tactical, smart game. And obviously, they a great goalkeeper in Buffon. And I just felt they were an exceptionally good side to watch. And um, the way they rotated was, was brilliant. So, I, I thought he was a real difficult manager to play against. So, what would uh, Neil Lennon say to a younger Neil Lennon, just starting out in management? <laughs> so don't try and do everything yourself. Delegate well. You know, make sure you... Uh, You're clear thinking and, um, you know, trust your good instinct.
0: And uh, obviously you're doing
1: punditry work just now, Neil. Could we see you back in management at some point? And would you go abroad again? Oh, yeah, I would love to manage again. Um, I'm in a position where, you know, I'm not desperate to work, but I, I, I miss it at times. And I do feel at 52, you know, my best years are in front of me. And I just want to produce more highly performing teams. You know, I've had 11 major trophies as a manager. So, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, 600 games in. So I would say that's, you know, pretty successful. But I want more. You know, you're a pretty driven individual. And I'm excited about the future. You know, whether it be... I enjoy the media work. I, I've made great contacts in the media as well. And, um, yeah, we really enjoy the media side of it, but I know it's a little bit easier, Scott, than actually being in the dugout. But um I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully working again in the in the coaching side of things and, you know, bringing more success to clubs.
0: And uh, finally Neil I ask everyone uh, this question when they come on the podcast,
1: who's better, Ronaldo or Messi? Messi for me, mate. Me and my boy Gallagher used to argue about this every day, you know. But uh yeah, Messi, I just have a he's just my favourite, you know, and I obviously having coached against him. I played against Ronaldo in the Nakamura game, you know, when he scored the free kick, you know, and he was a a magnificent player and still is. But Messi just has that little bit of extra, I don't know, panache, if you want to call it, or just that natural street sort of football type of footballer. He's just amazing when you think of his stature, you know, his physicality, but, you know, just the best player I've ever seen. Neil,
0: thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. I really appreciate it. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, Scott. Enjoy talking to you too. Son, good luck with everything. Okay. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you want to listen to more episodes of Scott Score, they are available on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Until next time, take care, and we'll see you soon.